All right. Welcome back to the Dental Elements podcast. Today we have with us Mark Johnson. Uh, Mark is a student loan specialist, so I'm sure many of us would love to hear his advice and I'll let him introduce himself and tell us what he's all about. Thank you so much for having me on today. Yeah, so my name is Mark Johnson. I've been in the wealth and investment advisory business for a little over 30 years. I'm a partner at RBF Wealth Advisors. We're based in St. Louis, Missouri. So we do comprehensive wealth management and investments, insurance, uh, financial planning, helping folks put together budgets, you know, all of those things. About seven years ago, I got invited to do a presentation to a group of dental residents here in St. Louis. Uh, we talked about investments and insurance and financial planning, et cetera. I didn't mention the word student loans one time. I didn't know anything about student loans seven years ago. And then a group of, uh, this was a group of orthodontic residents. They, several of them came up to me afterwards and said, hey, we'd like to uh, talk about maybe opening up an investment account when we graduate. But did you know that we were graduating? We got all this student loan debt. I said, well, how much student loan debt do you have? Uh, one person had 400,000. I was like, wow, that's a lot of student loan debt. Another person had $750,000 of student loan debt. And I said, you gotta be kidding me. And they said, no, this is you know, what it costs to get through dental school and a uh, two and a half year residency program. And I was like, well, does the school you know, provide you any resources to figure out how to pay this off? Or you know, is there another financial advisor that's come in and talked to you guys about this? You know, Because at that point in time, I'd been in the investment and financial planning business for 25 years and, and I'd never seen a presentation on student loan repayment planning. There was no CE courses that I could sign up for. Uh, my industry had pretty much all but ignored that crisis. And so as I started poking around a little bit, I thought, well, I don't know anything about student loans, but I know you guys got to deal with your student loan debt before you start thinking about investing, right? And um, so I tried to see if I could find a resource for them uh, to refer them to, to figure out how the best way to repay their student loans. And I couldn't. And so that was the genesis of Student Loans Rx. And so we started uh, that company. And uh, today I work with almost 200 dental professionals. Uh, I've got some, some medical professionals, some few pharmacists, couple veterinarians, uh, one podiatrist. And um, so so my wife's an RN. I uh, we be, before the podcast we were talking. My daughter's a dental assistant in the Air Force. So uh, got quite a bit of you know personal connections in the healthcare space, and then knowing um, knowing what dental professionals have to uh, to do to get through uh, dental school. Uh, but you know we also work with other folks that have you know student loan debt um, as well. But that's kind of our. Um, that's kind of my story. That's, that's how we kind of got into the student loan uh, planning business. Well, that's a great niche to have because it's definitely one that, like you said, needs to be talked about more. And there is no CE. You take on all the student loan debt, you get, you graduate, you start working, and then you're, you're left to figure it out yourself. Unless you hire somebody like you that happens to, to put that into perspective with wealth management. So yeah, thank you for starting this important <laughs> business for sure. Yeah. It's been fun. Yeah. So can you tell me, um, first of all, I'd like to know about the current events going on with um, in, you know, interest rates being, uh, interest being dropped during the COVID, during the pandemic, and then they keep prolonging them, but the cutoff date's coming 
soon and what's going to happen with that? Can you tell us, talk to that a little bit? Yeah, sure. So uh, because of COVID, uh, back on uh, March 13th, 2020, President Trump suspended interest and payments on most federal student loan debt. So if somebody went to the student aid office, financial aid office at school and took out loans, presumably most of those loans uh, you know, were through the Department of Education. And so most of those loans have been suspended in terms of interest and uh, payments since March 13th. Uh, President Biden has extended that program. Uh, they were supposed to turn things back on February 1st, and then they've extended it now through May 1st. So if, if, uh, if that's what they decide to do, uh, interest accrual and payments for anyone required to make payments, like if you're in school, you don't have to make payments, right? Your, your, pay, your loans are deferred, your payments are deferred while you're in school. Interest still accrues while you're in school, but payments are deferred. So if you're required to make payments, you'll have to start making payments uh, again in May and uh, interest will start accruing again in May uh, unless they extend it again. Okay, but there won't be back interest, correct? There won't stopped. be, correct. So interest accrual stopped from March 13th through April 30th. So just over two years of interest uh, that did not accrue. So for example, the average dentist graduates with around 350,000 of student loan debt. And so for that individual, not having interest accrual for two years, that was just about 40 grand, $40,000. So, so we that, wanna, was not, that was a nice. <laughs> yeah, for sure. A good break. But then reality is that's not going to last forever. And student loans aren't, most of them aren't going away, you know, anytime soon. So uh, correct. Yeah. So what do you recommend to your, to your clients as far as payback structures and what's, what's the best way that you see that you would recommend? So I'm going to show you a quick, quick slide here. What we what we recommend is when you're addressing your student loans, can you see that okay? Yes, um, I can. So we recommend that you address your student loans in, you know, take a 360 degree approach because whatever you're going to do with your student loans, especially if you have six figures of student loans, that's going to impact all the other areas of your life. So we typically start out, we help our clients create a budget. Okay, what's your income? You know, what are your living expenses? Because after that, then we can figure out, okay, well, how much can you afford to put towards your student loans? And then from there, we can figure out what's, what's the best plan. Obviously, you've got some insurance. If you're working, you've got employee benefits. Maybe you're contributing to a retirement plan at work. Um, you know, uh, you might want to put money into a Roth IRA. If you're a dentist, you might be saving to buy a practice one day. And then hopefully there's a little bit of money left over for fun, right? But um, so we, we, we believe that the best way to approach student loans or really any other, you know, financial planning matters to do, the, do it in a comprehensive way, because all of these pieces fit together. So if you just isolate your student loans and say, I want to do X with my student loans, how's that going to impact all of the other areas of your financial life? So that's the first thing I would say is you really want to address your student loans in the context of a comprehensive financial plan. Now, to your second question about, you know, what's the best plan uh, of, for repayment, we try to build that plan based on their career goals and their family situation. So if somebody is, 
you know, if somebody's married, they got a spouse that works, um, if they're just going to be an employee and not an owner, then there's um, some programs in the federal program. One of them is called income-driven repayment plans. So this is these are good plans. These first two here, pay as you earn and revised pay as you earn, those are the current plans that most people will take a look at. And it depends on you know, whether you're single or married, what your household income is, but an income-driven repayment plan, you can actually take your student loans and your payment will not be more than 10% of your discretionary income. So let's say you've got a household income of $120,000, okay, your payment on your student loans is gonna be less than $1,000 a month, okay? Coming out of school though, you know, you know, depending on what your job is, I, I don't know what a first year hygienist makes, but let's say you make $65,000, $70,000. I, I don't know if that's, if, is that a close, close number? It, it just depends on, on how many days you work in which area, which oh. state you work in. So, okay. so yeah, but that, but, that sounds like a good pair. But, but anyway, the, um, you know, the payments based on your income. Now, every year you have to recertify your income. So as your income goes up, your payment goes up as well. You can be on these plans for as long as 20 or 25 years. Now, I don't recommend that because if you spent $100,000 to go to school and you stretch those payments out over 20 or 25 years, now you spent $200,000 to go to school. Or if you spent $350,000 to go to dental school, now you spent $700,000 to go to dental school. So our goal is to help our clients pay down their student loan debt in certainly 10 years or less. And uh, some are able to do that. So income-driven repayment is a very popular uh, plan. There's two, two programs, pay as you earn or revised pay as you earn. They're very popular um, for recent graduates. Um, you mentioned interest rates. Once interest rates, um, interest rates are very, very low right now, although they're going up over the next year. Federal Reserve says that they're going to raise interest rates. We don't know yet exactly where they're going to end up over the next year or so, but they've been very, very low because of COVID. And so now they're going to start raising interest rates. So for those clients of ours that are in a position to pull their loans out of the federal program, so interest rates on federal loans are like six, six and a half percent for today's graduates. Okay, so when interest gets turned back on May 1st, their loans are going to start accruing interest you know, just north of 6% in most cases. And so if somebody's in a financial position to refinance those loans, like a lot of people are familiar with refinancing your house, right? You have a $200,000 house and your interest rate is 5%. Well, if a lender will refinance that 200,000 at three and a half percent, you'd probably be foolish not to do that, right? So same mm -hmm. thing applies to student loans. If you can get, if your student loans are, currently in the federal program accruing interest at 6% and you can get a private lender. Here's just kind of a sample list of some of the big private lenders we work with, especially in the dental and medical space. Um, some of these lenders right here might be able to refinance your student loan debt for as little uh, um, as two and a half or 3% right now on a 10 or, 10 or 15 years. So that's significant savings. Okay, and so for people that aren't on watching this on YouTube, they can't see the screen. Um, so some of the private lenders that you're talking about. So um, there's a whole cottage industry that's evolved around 
private refinancing. Some of the big ones that we we use, uh, and it's we have no relationship with any of these companies, so it's just finding the lowest interest rate, the for the payment amount that we're looking for over over a specific number of years. But Laurel Road, um, you know, does we do a lot of refinancing with Laurel Road. They actually have a a 0.25% discount for members of the ADA. So they tend to have a very competitive rates. Um, anybody that has student loans has probably seen a lot of ads on TV from SoFi. Um, another one uh, is credible.com. Credible.com is kind of like the travelocity of student loan refinancing. So you fill out a profile and they send your information out to maybe as many as 10 or 12 different lenders. And so they come back with you know, various offers from different lenders, both variable and fixed rate. And so, uh, so right now for those clients that are you know, in a financial position to refinance at some of these low, historically low interest rates, you know, we're providing some advice around that as well. Okay, so you do recommend obviously refinancing because you can lock it in at a lower rate right now instead of having it go up to 6% and then it, and it could creep up even more. You, still, you don't know for sure, right? So, well, when you took out the loans, there was a set rate on that particular loan you took out in fall semester of 2020, right? You know, it said right on the document, six and a half percent. So once you've, once you've taken the loan, the rate isn't going to go up higher unless maybe you have some private loans. Sometimes students go to Sally May or Wells Fargo or Discover Bank and get a private loan, maybe a parent co-signed on that loan. And those loans can be nine, 10%. And they could be variable, which means as interest rates go up, they're likely to go up as well. So, so again, everybody's situation's unique, right? And so you wanna be careful when you, re, when you pull loans out of the federal program and refinance them with a private lender, that's just like a mortgage payment now, okay? There's no forgiveness programs, there's no, um, you can't, you know, during COVID, anybody that had private loans still had to make their payments during COVID. So the the forbearance that President Trump and then what was extended by President Biden, that forbearance was only particular to federal student loans, not private loans. So, you know, you don't want to just run out and refinance your loans. Um, it just depends on your situation. If you have the financial resources uh, to maintain that payment now for 10 or 15 years, um, it, today anyway, is a, is a good time to consider that. Now, some people might say, well, right now there's no interest on my student loans until May 1st, I'm going to wait until May. And I'm like, well, don't let the tail wag the dog, right? Because what happens is we're only talking about two months. Okay. Um, so you got, well, two and a half, I guess, almost three months. Uh, but you got three months of no interest, but then you might have 10 years of of interest. And so you got to weigh the benefit of refinancing now at low rates with the risk of what if rates go up over the next three or four months. So if I can lock in today at, let's say, 3%, would that be better locking in at 3% today or waiting until May? Let's say interest rates are up at three and a quarter or three and a half. You know, I could have locked in at three. So don't let three months of zero interest cloud your judgment on what you're going to be making payments on maybe for the next seven to 10 years. Yes, that's a good point. And then I think some of the fear is, 
is that because if once you refinance those loans and then you're not in the federal program, so if there is forbearances or they they cut off interest for two years, you don't get that benefit, correct? So that's like one of the risks that you take. Correct. Yeah. I mean, to my knowledge, uh, there hasn't been an interest forbearance that I know of in the past. I think it was a very unique, obviously, yeah. global pandemic happens, you know, every hundred years. And so it's very unusual that the government would turn off interest mm-hmm. for this length of time. Uh, there are a number of, you know, forgiveness programs uh, for healthcare professionals, depending on what your job is. There's the public service loan forgiveness program. That's 10 years working in a federally qualified health clinic. Um, you make small payments over that period of time. And then at the end, if there's anything left over, they forgive it tax-free. There's certain state forgiveness programs that are available. Um, there's obviously, um, I mentioned I have a, a daughter who's a dental assistant in the Air Force. You know, the military offers some forgiveness programs. Uh, Indian Health Services offers some uh, forgiveness programs. So there's a variety of so different services out there for uh, uh, forgiving or helping graduates uh, with their student loan debt. Some of those programs will actually give you like a scholarship. So they send you, I know in certain states, you can get a two-year scholarship if you're a dentist and you go work in a rural area, they'll give you like $25,000 a year uh, towards your student loans. They just send you a check and you have to take that money and prove that you put it towards student loans. So those loans could be in a private lender. They wouldn't have to be in the federal program. So it really is, you know, there's a lot of moving parts is I guess yeah, the, sh- yeah, the, for the sure. short answer. And so, so I just encourage people to really do their homework and um, make sure that they're getting information from uh, qualified individuals. Cause there's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts and there's some nuances that, you know, if someone isn't, familiar with all the different programs, they, they might get on the wrong plan would, and wouldn't know it for a while anyway. Yeah. Everybody has their own, um, their own path and their own financial planning. So it's good to have it individualized. Like you said, speak to a specialist that can help them make these decisions and det- determine what's best for them and their overall, um, wealth package. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Do you know, do you have any resources or where people would, our audience would look for these positions that would have, um, debt repayment options or student loan repayment options, forgiveness. I've seen some like in, in the ads in the past, but. So I'm going to, I'm going to answer that the same way. My wife asked me a question. I say, ask the Googler. Okay. Yeah. okay. So, so, so Google it. So when you just type in forgiveness programs and be very specific, you know, um, there's state programs. There's, so sometimes the, sometimes the financial aid offices in the different schools will have resources that say, you know, for example, in dentistry, um, the National uh, National Health Service Corps, okay, they have scholarships for people going into public health. So the other thing too is the um, the association. So I don't know if the American Dental Association, um, the association for I don't know what the official name is for registered hygienists, but the, on their websites, they might have some resources. There's chat groups on, on, on those different various things. So there's, unfortunately, there's not just, there's not one place to go. Um, and it is very particular to location and occupation. 
and then the type of entity that you work in. So if you're going to work in a, in a uh, let's say a DSO, right? Or you're going to work in a private practice, obviously that would be a negotiated um, item. So if you're gonna go work at, you know, wherever, if you're looking to change jobs, or I would say, uh, you know, that could be part of the negotiation you would have with your employer. Say, hey, I've got all this student loan debt, you know, can you, uh, can you include some reimbursement you know, for a, for, you know, if I sign a three-year contract with you or a two-year contract with you, could you help me out a little bit with my student loans? That is a great point, especially right now when the job market is so open and, and to be able to retain great employees, that's a great benefit, you know, with the contract, of course. So you're not writing off somebody's debt and then have them leave you, but right. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Great. Great idea. Uh, so what with that with um, new graduates we do speak to new graduates um, as well a lot and what would you encourage them to do as soon as they as soon as they graduate or right before they graduate or what kind of advice do you give new grads sure so we typically start working with clients um, a few months before graduation because typically they're starting to look for work they're starting to poke around maybe they do some job shadowing um, one of the services we provide is to review their employment agreements. So if, if they're out visiting two or three different offices and they get a couple, two or three different preliminary offers, you know, we'll schedule a visit with them. We're not an attorney. I'm not an attorney. Uh, we don't give any legal advice, but we'll say, okay, you know, we're just focused on the financial piece of the contract, right? Pay and benefits. And so if they're looking, you know, if they're coming right out of school, they may have never read a an employment agreement before, right? Uh, they probably right. didn't have a long employment agreement if they worked at the hardware store or the, you know, Starbucks or wherever, you know, who knows, they may not have had a job since high school. Mm-hmm. And so, so we provide that uh, service to kind of review those contracts with them so that they understand kind of what the financial pros and cons are of each of those contracts. We always, always recommend before they sign any contract is to have it reviewed by an attorney. Um, and if they don't know anyone, we have uh, a few resources that we can point them to in, in that area. But you know, you want to start looking at a few months before graduation because, uh, again, we build your student loan plan kind of around your career path and your, your personal situation. And so you know, it's not a one-size-fits-all. If somebody's going on to residency, after graduation, that's going to be one track of planning. If they're going to work in public health, that's another track of planning. If they're going to work in a DSO or in a private practice, that could be another, or the military. So there's, you know, four or five different paths that people can take if, if their goal is to be a practice owner, or if they're going to be an independent contractor. I know uh, in the hygiene uh, field that, you know, you can work theoretically in multiple locations, right? You can have your own business and you can be an independent contractor and work in a number of different spots. You don't have to just be employed in one, one dental practice. And so uh, depending on how you're going to structure your career, uh, your student loan planning should be consistent with that. Right. Yeah. And there's, yeah, there's a lot to that um, aspect, but what would you say the biggest mistakes are in repayment planning? Uh, let's see. So the probably the biggest mistakes is not uh, one of them is not to not to um, have a plan ready to go by graduation. Okay. So the, so typically, 
folks that have federal student loan debt, once you graduate, you have a six-month grace period where you don't have to make payments on those federal student loans. Now, in the last two years, interest has been turned off, so it really didn't matter. Okay, but this year for graduates, you know, they graduate in May and June. So if they have a six-month grace period, let's say you've got 200000 in student loan debt. Over that six-month grace period, that's probably about um, $6,000 of interest that's going to accrue. You know, now just because you don't have to make a payment doesn't mean you couldn't make a payment or shouldn't make a payment. And so if you get enrolled in an income driven repayment plan right out of school, um, you can start making a payment. The other thing is on one of the repayment plans, it's called revised pay as you earn, that's an income driven repayment plan. Um, it has a pretty nice interest subsidy that some people would qualify for. It's up to 50% of your interest could be subsidized by Uncle Sam or forgiven, however you want to say that. And so I would just say that, you know, procrastination is never a good idea in any aspect of life. But underneath the, underneath the hood, you've got this motor that's cranking out all this interest. And even though you don't see it, you know, on May 1st, that's going to start up again. And so I would say, you know, don't procrastinate, have a plan in place, you know, before graduation. Um, obviously, I would say, just because your classmate um, is doing X with their student loans doesn't necessarily mean that's the best plan for you. Everybody's situation is different. So don't, don't think that, you know, don't think that your, your, your friend's plan is your plan. And then I would say also is, you know, there's a lot of information out there, but, you know, it's so easy to put together a, a YouTube or a TikTok or, or whatever now. And so there's a lot of people that are giving advice that are maybe not qualified to give advice. I mean, there's videos out there right now that you can pull up and say, you know, you don't need to go to the dentist to get your teeth cleaned. Uh, you, here's how you do it at home. Okay. So, right. I mean, uh, you know, yes, anybody can write an article. Anybody could do a YouTube. Anybody could do TikTok. Yeah. It doesn't so, mean it. So they say that correct. you need to, yeah. you know, become an expert on a topic. I don't know if you've heard this, you, you know, you're supposed to have 10,000 hours of, of experience in that area. And so I would say that, you know, if you can find someone that, that has actually done this and has actually worked in the space and has expertise, you know, with student loans, um, you know, find out how long have you been doing this? Ask for references. Um, you know, how many plans have you put together? Do you do you just focus on the student loans or do you incorporate that into, you know, an overall financial plan? So I just say, ask, ask good questions before you, you know, before you pull the trigger on any plan. Yeah. And just knowing what questions to ask, which you've helped us with a lot. Thank you. <laughs> you yeah. don't know the questions even exist until you've done some research and stuff as well. So with that, with the, you were talking about the six months after you graduate, how you have no interest or you don't have to make a, pay, a payment. So a lot of people, I would, do you see these in your clients where they have those six months, they don't make a payment. So they think they have all this extra money. And so they'll go out and buy an expensive house or expensive car. And then it comes time six months later to also add in their student loan payment. And then they're sure. Extra well, obviously my clients don't do money. that. My clients don't do that. Cause I, <laughs> I advise them not to, but <laughs> yeah. No, they catch you first. So yeah, that's true. So, so yeah, S depending on what, what 
role you're going to have after you might have been if you're a dentist you've been in school for eight years if you went on to residency you might have another year two three years so our culture is uh, very consumer driven right and so we um you know we see all these ads on tv tiktok ads i mean every, everything buy 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 right now you can get things where um they used to have layaway when i was a kid i remember that some of the stores had layaway plans where you mm -hmm. could right um and now you can do that online right where you buy now pay later and so and then credit cards and all this stuff so my my encouragement to graduates is get a financial plan the first thing you need to work on is a budget okay what what's my income what are my living expenses i'm not talking about you know, when i say living expenses i'm like rent utilities you know, those type groceries to stay you know, alive, the, the, base, the <laughs> basic, the basics. Okay. And then what can I afford? What can I afford to spend on fun? And what, what do I need to set aside for student loans, savings, investments? We always recommend, you know, getting an emergency savings fund built up. So three month expenses roughly as, as a first benchmark. So prior to COVID, I used to get a lot of pushback on that from clients. Why do I need to have three months of living expenses sitting in a savings account earning zero? I'm like, well, I don't know. We don't, we don't know what the emergency is going to be. Okay. But at some point in your life, there's going to be an emergency and you're going to want to have some money set aside because instead of it being an emergency, it could be a, you know, catastrophic emergency. So having some having some money set aside. Well, COVID hits and a lot of dentists, a lot of dental offices were closed for a couple, two or three months. And if you were getting paid on production, you know, you had no income. And right. so uh, now the government stepped in and sent everybody a bunch of money and all that stuff too. But what I'm saying is, is that, you know, there is a process of creating wealth and being su successful with your finances. We, we don't unfortunately, Unfortunately, we don't learn that um, unless you go take a finance degree in college or something, you know, maybe there's one class in high school on personal finance or something, but having a budget, setting aside some money for emergencies, setting aside some money for the future and investments, that's how you build wealth and then managing your debt. So, you know, people want to own a home, but homes are very expensive. And a home is a lot more expensive than just the payment. And first home time, first time home buyers generally don't understand that. You know, there's a lot of things that go along with owning a home. You know, we're in St. Louis here. Every 20, 25 years, you got to put a new roof on your house. Okay. Well, if you buy a 15 year old house, that means you got 10 years to save for a $15,000, $20,000 roof. So where does, where is that in the budget? And so what happens is people don't budget for upcoming expenses. If you own a home, you have upcoming expenses. If you have a car, you have upcoming expenses every three, four years, depending on how many miles you drive, you got to put new car tires on your car, right? So what happens is, is when people don't save for those expected expenses, it ends up getting thrown on a credit card, right? And that's how people end up with 10, 15, $20,000 on credit cards is because they never set aside the money for expenses. Now, again, emergencies happen, but if you have an emergency fund, then you don't have to go to your credit card. You know, people shouldn't be using your credit card as your emergency backup plan. 
Yes, absolutely. Great. So tell us where we can find you and um, informa information like that and how we can find um, links to, um, to get in contact with you. Sure, thank you. So you can visit our website at studentloansrx.com. That's studentloansrx.com. Uh, we do offer a free 30-minute consultation. So if people are interested and they just have some questions, they just click on the free consult button. It takes them to our needs assessment. They just fill out a little bit of information and then we can schedule, schedule a visit. Um, we also, uh, you can call me. Um, my phone number is 314-737-8123. That's 314-737-8123. And then our resources page on our website um, is continually being added to. And uh, so we have a number of podcasts already uh, on the, on the uh, website under our resources page that people can uh, click on and listen to. And obviously we'll have uh, this podcast posted up there shortly. Um, and then also I, we do have our full length. It's like an hour and six minutes. So, you know, get a soda and some chips or something and or some, some healthy snack and sit down on the couch and listen. It's an hour and six minutes long and it's our entire presentation on, it's called Smart Strategies for Student Loan Repayment. And uh, we'll be adding, you know, more shorter um, resources, but um, you can obviously turn it on and turn it off and, and listen. So those are, that'd be, those would be a couple of ways uh, we can, you can get a hold of us. Yeah, that, that's great. Lots of good resources for sure. And I will put these um, links and so we'll put these links in the, the show notes too. So it's easy to find them and click right on the links. So we think we'll get that information Excellent. from you guys if we don't have it already. For sure. Well, thank you so much for joining us today, Mark. And Thanks, Cindy. I think really now's nice a to... great time. Yeah, now's a great time to reach out to you. Like you said, you only have two months. So um, you want to get on his list before he gets too busy. Right? It's going to yeah, be thanks, a busy Cindy. time. Yes. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye. SmileMakers has a large selection of giveaways to meet every office need. Worried about germs? Individually wrapped toys are a great option. We have over 150 toy options that come individually sealed in a plastic wrapper. The toy inside stays germ-free until the child opens it. No need to worry. Want something that will speed up prize selection and checkout flow? Try a capsule vending machine. We have four machine options, including a double stack machine with two vending spaces and can be connected together for a bank of machines to make a prize station. We also offer a capsule vending program, AutoSmiles, perfect for small offices that want to try vending but aren't sure it will work for them. When you sign up for AutoSmiles, you commit to purchasing at least $75 worth of capsule toys every 30 days for a year, and it will give you a free vending machine, free tokens, and free shipping. Not just on the capsule orders, but all Smile Makers orders of $75 or more. That's $194 savings in the machine and the tokens alone. Giving rewards is safe, and kids need them. Kids have missed out on so much over the past few years. What adults may think as optional and insignificant little giveaways mean so much to kids. A toy can turn a scary visit into a good memory or ease dental anxiety and keep patients calm. They can literally make the difference in a child getting excited and calm their fears before getting into the treatment room. Smiles are more important than ever, and Smile Makers is here to help you make them. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Dental Elements Podcast. Be sure to share, like, and subscribe. 